0: Welcome to the Let's Do This podcast, your not so secret weapon for wedding planning, inspiration, inclusivity, and a good dose of sunshine. I'm Maddie Mills, photographer, cat mom, super cool dork, and your host, Let's Do This. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Let's Do This podcast, episode number freaking eight. (laughs) It's your girl, Maddie. Today's episode is for everyone, because everyone listening in has relationships of some sort, whether it's romantic, with your friends, with your family, even the relationship you have with yourself, which is so important. And I'm really, really amped for all the learning and the enlightenment that we are in for today, girl. Before we dive in, today's happy little iTunes review comes to us from Kat, and she said, This makes me so happy love episode two because it makes me think of our wedding where we did not follow any traditions even when there were intense moments with our religious family not going that way and doing what we wanted and we loved our wedding thank you so much for chiming in kat i loved your wedding too and i love you (laughs) i'm so glad my episodes on weddings help all you folks out there who are planning your happy day if you'd like to leave a happy little review too which is always so so appreciated you can head on over to itunes or the apple Podcasts app So, continuing on the path of saying no to traditions, if you follow me on Instagram at my home base, Maddie Mills Photo, you know that I am all about modern takes on love and relationships and everything in this world, girl. <laughs> Gone are the days where toxic normativity is the norm. It's so so important to have a balance in your relationships that is deep, healthy, and work towards together, especially if you're getting married or spending your lives as partners. So, have you ever heard of the five love languages? It's something that I think isn't talked about enough, but it's highly beneficial in relationships in all aspects of your life, especially if you're coming up on your wedding day. These principles of how people give and receive love can be so crucial to move forward into the next phase of your life together with clarity and an open heart because that is so so important it is so crucial for sustaining friendships too because your friends are with you through thick and thin like everything (laughs) and they deserve the same amount of care and consideration I am really excited today to have someone with me who is a wealth of knowledge on the five love languages. She's a college mental health counselor who is well-versed in self-worth, anxiety, stress management, and relationships. She is coming in hot from Indiana thanks to the magic of the internet, and she's about to introduce herself and tell you her story. Hey, Liv. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, girl. I'm excited to be here.
0: I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm so excited, <laughs> to <laughs> All the excitement. So yeah, your story. So everybody has a story, and what is yours for everyone tuning in?
1: Absolutely. So I'm 26 years old and I'm a mental health counselor. And exactly as your intro said, I work with college students. So I work down here at Indiana University and I serve all of the students on our campus. I'm a Wisconsin native, but I moved to Bloomington, Indiana nearly two years ago to pursue this job. Um, And to give you more insight just about me and my career Honestly, my path to pursuing psych was pretty linear, though I have made a lot of self-discoveries along the way that's just led me to feeling like I could be more fulfilled in my career. Like there was a point when I thought about working with kids and there was a point when I thought about doing inpatient, but I eventually settled on college mental health counseling and I feel like
0: Okay, so you always knew you wanted to be in kind of the medical like field in some way yeah. helping people and
1: in some capacity, you know, in um Like I actually wanted to be a writer long before I ever wanted to be a counselor. And it wasn't until I got some pretty consistent feedback from my mom. My parents actually went through a pretty messy and difficult divorce. And Mm -hmm. I supported her a lot and encouraged her a lot. And one day I remember she looked at me and said, you'd be really good at this. And that just sparked, you know, really sparked my interest. And I took a psych class when I was in high school. And I was an annoying person who asked way too many questions that's you know? me too <laughs> <laughs> and everybody looked at me like oh my god girl stop stop asking questions but that's when I knew that I was interested in it so I decided to pivot and really go that direction and I've never stopped pursuing psychology it's just been what within this very broad, spectrum do I actually want to do? And so eventually um, within my master's degree, I settled on looking into college mental health counseling. And this is where I really feel like I've th- I'm have i starting to thrive because you get to work with people at such a unique part of their lives. Like it's the intersection of career development, identity development, as well as mental health And it's just a very stressful time in their lives. So to be able to play a very vital role for this campus and in my individual students' lives is so rewarding. So that's really how I ended up here in, you know, kind of what I'm doing. And honestly, like, I pursued this job kind of sight unseen. I came down for this interview. Here at IU, and spent quite literally the entire day interviewing. I had to bring my family with me, and say, "Hey, you guys, go see the town and tell me if I could live here." And
0: so it was really like a big leap of faith for you, hey?
1: Huge. I mean, I chose to basically get up and leave my family and leave a lot of people that I loved and cared about, and I didn't have anybody down here. Like my the closest family I have is in Louisville, Kentucky, which is two hours away, which is still close, but I didn't know a single person. So I just said, okay, if I'm going to make this plunge, I'm going to do it now. And honestly, it's been one of the best and most difficult decisions in my life. It's led me to cultivate immeasurable career growth. And it's honestly connected to me me with some of the best people, including my current significant other, who I got very lucky to meet, honestly, just coincidentally within the first month of me moving here. So That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. My heart. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, very sweet and just great happenstance. But yeah, I think I've, I've learned a lot about myself through this job, through that really big leap of faith. Um, and, you know, certainly there's been ups and downs, I think, like many people can say over the course of our lives. But I've really realized that working within the space of mental health, working with college students, in particular, cultivates a lot of joy, energy and motivation for me.
0: Totally. And they can get so much help from that, right? And that's what's amazing about Instagram too, is you really can reach so many people who might be needing your help. And one of the things that you're talking about, preventative care, one of the things that you I know are really well versed in is the five love languages, which is what this episode is about. So I'm so excited. (laughs) I love the five love languages. So without going into like super details yet, did you want to just really quickly run over what the five love languages are for people who might not be super familiar with them?
1: Yeah. So plain and simple, I'm pretty obsessed with them. I think (laughs) any of my friends, my significant other, any of my clients know that I will find a way to integrate it in any way possible. But essentially, I mean, what it is, is a list of ways and languages that we show up and show another person that we love or care about them. And this includes quality time, physical touch, acts of service, words of affirmation, and giving or receiving gifts.
0: I like, it's so funny. I already know which ones are mine. I'm like, yeah, I heard it. <laughs> it's so good. And for everybody who's listening. um, So yeah, it's quality time, acts of service, um, physical touch, words of affirmation, and receiving gifts you said, right? And yeah. so it's just amazing like to recap. And I'm sure you're all probably hearing this right now. I'm like thinking about it and being like, whoa, yeah, I, I do kind of know what way I like to receive love because sometimes people do certain things thinking that they're treating you the best way that you need, but it's not because they just don't understand, right? So that's why I'm really excited to have Liv here today to talk about it and kind of run down through them all. So can you go into detail a little bit more about each one and kind of help people out there listening, um, realize, you know, which one they are, maybe which ones they're not, so they can kind of get on the path to being obsessed with this too, because I think it's really good.
1: (laughs) For sure, for sure. So um, quality time is basically spending quality time with somebody. And that is more than, hey, we stood in the kitchen together and you did the dishes and i clean i cleaned up x y or z and we didn't speak the whole time that's not quality time. Quality time might be 15 minutes with your partner or with a friend where you're actually feeling like you're connecting with this person. Um, so that's quality over quantity. Um, and you might recognize that your partner is wanting this or that this is your love language because you're finding yourself yearning or your partner's yearning for more time together. It might feel like you see this person all the time, like you get ready next to each other in the bathroom, or maybe you see your friend at work every day, but they're saying, oh, I wish we didn't, sp- I wish we spent more time together. Well, that's a good indication that they're wanting quality time or that you're wanting quality time because it's not there. You see them, but it's not quality. You're not really genuinely connecting. So that likely looks like a phoneless time together or actually like sitting down and having dinner together and cultivating a good sense of conversation um you know laying a night at night in bed together and talking about what your days looked like instead of separate separately reading your book so actually finding time to connect so that's quality time Physical touch is exactly what it means. It's physical touch. So you might like getting a hug or kissing or other other forms of intimate physical connection. Um, even
0: like having someone play with your hair because oh, yes. like that's that totally counts too. Cause I know when I go to the hair salon, I when someone is doing my hair and stuff, I could literally almost fall asleep.
1: <laughs> I I mean physical touch is one of mine and I love I love that. I'll ask my partner all the time, like, will you play with my hair before yeah. I go to school? <laughs> <laughs> or it could be like you like getting massages or when you ride in a car with that person, you prefer if their hand is on your leg or you like holding hands or, you know, so it's physical touch is a really great way to show intimacy or cultivate a sense of connection for people with physical touch is one of their love languages. Acts of service is doing something for your partner. So that might be cooking dinner, that might be willing to pick up the kids or pick up your fur babies, in my case, I have pets, or willing to clean something up or like, hey, let me run that errand for you. So it's what type of service can I offer you and take off of your hands to show you that I care and appreciate you? Words of of affirmation is giving compliments, telling somebody how much you love them. Um, A lot of people get this confused because if this isn't your love language, it can be pretty easy to think, oh my gosh, so I've got to send a book length text to this person every day about how much they mean to me, or I have to write them a love letter. No, it's not just. It's not that for a lot of people. It's just hearing actual words about how meaningful this person is to your life. It could be saying, "Hey, thank you," or "I really love the dress that you wore today. You looked great." Something along those lines. So, showing some form of affirmation and care and appreciation with your words, and then that is
0: definitely one of mine. <laughs> oh,
1: me, me too. I'm a, I'm a huge words of affirmation girl. And yeah, major. Then giving or receiving gifts again is just that. So. You might really like getting flowers over getting a handwritten card or, you know, the holiday season is really important to you because you rely on that is a way that your partner or your friend shows up and shows you how much they care about you. Um, This might also be with something handwritten or handmade like, hey, I made this scarf because this color really reminded me reminded me of you. But it's actually giving somebody a physical gift. Doesn't have to always be big, unless that is a part of your love language. But for the most part, it's just a giving and the receiving of actual physical gifts.
0: Totally. And it just goes to show that within each one of those things, too, there's still such a wide spectrum of what it can be. Because like you said, to someone, you know, physical gifts or a gift story might not have to be diamond ring or like you know this big expensive necklace or whatever but it also could be like it totally just depends on who you are as a person and I think that's why it's really important to analyze the love languages and then you can kind of look at them for yourself and see what they mean to you so that's really cool
1: absolutely and you know it is it is just that like even even within these there is so much so much space to individualize what that love language is for you like Words of affirmation is my love language and it's my partner's love language, but how that shows up in terms of what we need or how we show the other person words of affirmation is very different. Right. Okay. Interesting. So just being able to acknowledge that, okay, we have this information now. Now, what do I want to do to take it one step further? Like asking myself, great. So I know that words of affirmation and physical touch are my top two, but what does that mean? What am I actually looking for and what might fall short? for me and how can that provide me more of a deeper level of understanding about myself in terms of relationship and what my needs are
0: yeah 100 so like how can love languages be beneficial in your life like like you said in friendships and in business and romantic relationships too like what are some ways that it can actually improve your life because I think that it really does have like actionable ways that it can make your life better it's magical
1: <laughs> I think really just first and foremost it cultivates a level of understanding about ourselves and others that we wouldn't otherwise have. And it opens space for more conversation. So it's not just great now we know our love languages, but how can we talk about this and how can we create a deeper level of understanding about what it is that we're needing and how we're wanting to meet in the middle about this? Um, Because I think we as people, myself included, romanticize the idea of people just getting it. And I understand that it can feel so good when you're having a bad day and you have that friend who comes up to you and they give you exactly what you're needing without you asking for it. That's great. But this can also set people up for failure. Because if you're needing one thing and that person's primary love language is something different, they are more likely to respond to you with their given love language. They are more likely to respond to you with what they know, which is, here's how I would want to be responded to. And so it helps us be able to identify and learn to accept that we can love people differently than how they love us and that we can also meet their needs and having different that is needs like is okay.
0: Huge truth bomb, yes. Because <laughs> it's so good. Because I, like I said, I'm a words of affirmation person and I tend to impart that onto others too. But maybe sometimes people don't always want words of affirmation. They need someone to like listen or go actively help them with something. So that's a really good point because people do kind of, give out love in the same way that they want to receive it, but you can't always look at it that way. It's so much to do with understanding the person that, you know, you're looking at it with and seeing how they want it and trying to, you know, be mindful of that. So that's really important.
1: 100%. And it, it just gives us a roadmap to our needs and a roadmap to somebody else's needs. It takes a guesswork out because if you can say to somebody and when you're really sad, like, hey, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to cry to you and I'm not a hugger. I need you to go get me a bottle of wine and let's toast together. And once I get this out, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Great. You just told that person, I don't like physical touch and I want to receive the gift of wine and enjoy a glass with you and not talk about this anymore.
0: Yeah, totally. And that's great advice for people who have different love languages. That's awesome. But what other advice would you have for people who are maybe struggling to kind of incorporate this or maybe struggling in their relationships because their love languages are so drastically different and they don't really know how to navigate it because that can be like a big
1: deal. 100%. And I think the most important thing to say is it is okay if your love languages are different. I have clients who will come in here and they'll take it with their partner and they'll be like, oh my gosh, my number one was their number five. That is not a death sentence. It just means that you have to take more careful and deliberate concentration and consideration of what it's going to take to be able to meet the other person's needs. Um, And again, I am just, again, I'm a counselor. So I'm all about, let's have open conversations about this. Let's take it one step further. Let's process it and ask one another, what does that mean? How can I ensure that I'm meeting your need? What does that look like for you? But honestly, if we just break it down to the bare bones, it's asking somebody the question, what are you needing right now? That is the first thing that I do in any one of my relationships is even as a counselor, when I have a client who's sitting in front of me that I haven't worked with for a while, or even if I've worked with them for a while, and they're having a moment or they're really angry or they're sharing with me something that really frustrates them, I will look at them and I'll say, what are you needing from me right now?
0: I think that gives them a chance to like really take a step back and think about what they do need and then express it. Because when you get so caught up in your emotions, it can be really hard to actually even know what you need. And when your head is like, you know, in a flurry of different places, and I can definitely get like that because I'm a very emotionally charged person. So having someone ask you that question can really like force you to just chill out for a second and like take a step back and really do think about what it is you want.
1: 100%. And we're we're not often asked that as people. So being able Mm -hmm. to have that question asked to us creates a space to think exactly as you're saying, what am I needing? Like, what is this insight about myself right now that I can take? And how do I create space to ask for that? Because there's something really powerful in being able to say, here's what I'm needing and having that person meet your needs all of the way. Because there's nothing worse than if they choose to respond to you with a hug and that's not what you are needing. Then you're left feeling yeah. upset about the original thing you were upset about and more upset because they didn't meet you where you wanted to be met.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's not always malicious intent when someone doesn't help you in the way that you want. It's probably just because they didn't know what you needed because you didn't know you even had to communicate it in the first place. That's why this episode is like so good because it's literally walking through the steps that you can do to really start incorporating this in your life to help get better connections so you're not left frustrated with people you love because, like, that's the worst feeling ever.
1: 100% and, you know, it's it's exactly that. It's it's learning how to take tangible steps and and how to be okay with asking for our needs. Like, I want people yeah. to romanticize that more. Yes, it's romantic if people get it right off the first try, but it's also so romantic when you tell people what you want and they give it to you. It's what we do in our regular lives. Like, I tell my Starbucks lady what I want (laughs) to drink for coffee in the morning, and then she gives it to me. (laughs) That's the best analogy I've ever heard in my life. But we honestly, like, we do this crazy thing with relationships where, yes, like, it's vague and there's more to it. But also, what if you just thought about it literally for a second? I don't go to Starbucks and say, you pick, and then get mad at the lady because she got it wrong. I tell her what I want. (laughs)
0: So I'm laughing just thinking about that. Can you imagine what a mess that would
1: be? It would be be a huge mess. Now it'd be pretty cool and pretty romantic if they gave me my vanilla chai latte and I really wanted it for the day. (laughs) But maybe that person doesn't like vanilla chai lattes and she would rather have a green tea and I don't want that. And suddenly I'm left feeling mad and my day's ruined and all of this stuff. So why can't we make asking for our needs the same way that we do when you go to a restaurant or a coffee shop or anything else?
0: That is so, so, so good. It's literally like you are the best man. You just took this like huge concept and totally boiled it down into something we can all understand. Cause you know, everybody who listens to this podcast is obsessed with Starbucks or at least coffee. Heck yeah, heck yeah. So good. <laughs> um, but so as a business person, I'm actually curious about how the love languages could be incorporated into business or how it can be beneficial in business. Cause like there's so many ways this can kind of trickle into your life. So do you have any thoughts on that? I'm so curious.
1: Yeah. And you know, I, I did a podcast on this before and I think You know, like there are plenty of ways that this can be applied. And I know it feels kind of weird because it's like, okay, well, how do I apply physical touch to to my client? If you're a photographer, how do I apply physical touch to my coworker? Okay, maybe giving somebody a hug isn't it isn't great. But if they like physical touch, that might be giving them a high five. You know that might be um, fixing your client's hair for them, or that might be giving your client a hug at the end of their shoot. Or if you're shooting a wedding, giving your client a hug when they before or after they walked down the aisle, if you're able to do that, depending upon where you're at, um, and being able to integrate that in in friendship oriented ways is possible too. Same with like giving or receiving gifts. If you work on a team and a lot of people have that as their primary love language. You might want to give them a little gift baggie at Christmas time or whatever holiday that you celebrate, and that's going to adhere to their their love language. There's nothing better for me, because I'm a words of affirmation girl, than if I have a good session and if a coworker shoots me a text and says, hey, it seemed like you had, you had a great day today, you're an awesome therapist, I am riding that high because that person Oh, I know. Knows. I'm
0: the same way.
1: <laughs> and they they knew that, that was that was my love language because you can complement one another and you can integrate these in in ways that are pl- pretty platonic and business oriented too. And you know, I was talking with one of my friends who's also a photographer and I encouraged her, could you put this on on your like little questionnaire that you might have your couples fill out because that be- I was
0: literally just thinking about doing that as you were explaining <laughs> yeah. so everybody look out it's coming.
1: <laughs> Cuz that could be such a good way to better understand your couple. Like, how could you integrate that into that couple session or, you know, into the wedding? How could you integrate that in if you give, um, you know, service boxes? And how do you integrate that in for yourself? And this is also important. And this is going to sound like I'm getting really wild talking about love languages.
0: We love being wild.
1: (laughs) But if your love language is receiving gifts and you're a business owner, and I'm all about you celebrating yourselves as business owners because I do not think that you do that enough. You want to celebrate that by giving yourself a gift. You, If words of affirmation is your thing, then you might really hit those reviews and having like a client questionnaire after they're done with their experience with you because that is going to cultivate more of a sense of energy and motivation for you because you are getting that feedback in the way that you'd best like to receive it.
0: It literally, like, when I do podcasts, I never expect for things to apply to me so much in the way that they do. But, like, you are on that train again. (laughs) It's crazy. Stuff always, like, it just goes full circle, right? Like, I get so much from this. I know you do and everybody listening. Like, I'm just so thankful that you were here today, Liv. All this was absolutely incredible. And, guys, please start incorporating the five love languages into your life, your friendships, your relationships, and with yourself. Because it is literally life-changing and, like, I know some people out there are probably like, oh, stuff is hippy trippy and whatever. But if hippy trippy makes your life way better, then sign me up, sis. (laughs) Thank you so, so much, Liv, for coming on the Let's Do This podcast. I am so excited to get this episode out to everybody so they can all hear all your magic and all your learning. Until next time, I'm Maddie. Let's do this.